It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. The Opinion Line on Quartz 96 FM. Wednesday, the 14th of June. Why do I start with the date? I don't know why. I think it's because the 13th of June will go down in Irish music and show business history. You might have gathered, you might have anticipated if you know me well, and if you were ever involved in the song collector sessions with myself and Roy and others, you'll know that I am sad this morning. Um, there was a dark cloud descended across me personally, just as a professional, but as a guy, as a man, yesterday afternoon when the news broke that uh, Christy Dignam was no longer with us. And I remember being here when it was announced that he had gone home for palliative care. Was it before or after Christmas? And then we began to prepare the kind of thing we're about to do this morning, way back then. Um, I got to know Christy over the last 10 or 12 years. I'd met him as far back as the 80s when I was DJing around the place and I played before and after Aslan at the height of their powers back in the 80s and then they broke up and I met him with Connor Goff and Dignam Goff, one of the biggest things on the local scene here for years and years and years. He was a, a very, very special guy. The newspapers are full of him this morning. It, it's not too many people actually who, who, who pass away in this country whose front whose picture will feature on every front page the following day. The Sun has uh, Life and Times of a Legend inside and tributes as Aslan Frontman dies at 63. Picture of that disgustingly good-looking lad in the 80s with the leather jacket, the long hair. How can we forget you? Says the Sun, crazy kind of love again. The front of the star with a picture of him performing only a few years ago and then back in the 80s and this stuff inside the paper. He's on the Irish Daily Mail, a true legend of Irish music. Christy Dignam dies aged 63 and inside articles. Christy says goodbye to this crazy world. To me, that's the headline of the day, I think, from The Mirror and President Michael D. Higgins leading tributes. How many people would Michael D. Higgins lead tributes to? How many rock and rollers, anyway? Irish Independent, again, uh, has him on the front page. A more recent picture and tributes inside the Irish Times, if you don't mind. Such an austere publication of the Times. A brilliant frontman whose life and career were scarred by addiction. Tony Clayton Lee, actually, with a brilliant 
summary of, of his life and times. Front page of the Irish Examiner has a lovely photograph. It's a lovely one uh, of a smiling Christie in recent years. How can I protect you in this crazy world? Picture taken actually only last year when he was still still recording and still doing stuff in studio. The only paper actually out this morning, I'm a bit disappointed to see. He's on page two. We've lost a man of the people, says Katrina Toomey. But I wonder when they put the front page of the Echo to bed. Uh, I wonder when, because it is the only newspaper today, the only one of our morning newspapers that doesn't have Christy Dignam on the front page, is the Echo, which is quite, quite disappointing. He was born in 1960, May 23rd, 1960. His dad used to fix seats in CIE buses the fabric on the seats he was an upholsterer for CIE buses his dad was Christy Dignam Senior and was an opera fan into the likes of Enrico Caruso and John McCormack the great John McCormack Christy himself was a trained singer not many people realise that but he actually did train he was trained to sing um, it wasn't it, the, you, that miraculous voice didn't come from nowhere but he tried to break into the music industry then in the 1980s the early 80s with a band called Mila Mila 18 it was never going anywhere with a name like that and then himself and Joe Jewell got together with Billy McGuinness and Alan Downey and they formed Aslan they hadn't a button they hadn't a bean between them they used to practice their music and write their songs in a place the back of Dublin Airport, which was literally a disused pigsty. They used to refer to it as the pigsty studio. And they took off. They took off in the 80s. Um, and then it all fell apart because of Christie's drug use and lifestyle choices and all of that. America? America beckoned. They went to America. America wanted an Irish band who could do again what U2 had started to do. It was there for the taking. He blew it, and he admitted later in life that he did. He blew it. The band sacked him in 1988. They split up, got together in the 90s again, and Crazy World came out. And then in 2013, he was diagnosed with, with cancer. And that determined everything from then until yesterday afternoon, about 4 o'clock, when his lovely daughter, Kira announced that uh, Dad had left them at the age of 63. I, I got to know him somewhat in maybe the last 10 or 15 years. He was warm, he was funny, he was profoundly intelligent, he was an incredible storyteller. My God, to listen to Christy talk, either off stage or off mic, to listen and tell him stories of the road and stories of the madness they got up to. The voice and the talent was granted to very few. He had a stage presence and a charisma you, you can't learn it, you've got to have it. And kindness and decency. And he was, for me personally anyway, he was so kind to my lad. I uh, introduced him to James. It would have been about 2017, 2018. He was doing a little showcase in, I think over in Golden Discs, little showcase upstairs, and we were involved in it. And I brought James in to meet him. Um, and gorgeous photograph, which I shared on my social media of the two of them together. And every time I met him after that, or every time I spoke to him, or every time I texted him, and in rare phone calls, he would ask, "How's the How's the lad? How's the umfla?" He was He was a lovely, lovely man. His last time in this studio was in 2019. They were playing the jazz festival. Um, 
and they were down for that and there was a lot of press going on jazz festivals opening and the jazz festival press people set up an interview with Chrissy Dignam for us and I was to have him on the telephone on a Friday Friday October 25th and um, I was to have him on the telephone set up by publicity companies as they do and I texted him the night before and I said Christy I said any chance you'd come across to the studio and he rang me and he says is it you I'm doing I said it is yeah ah jeez of course I'll come over he says but would you send young Buckley he said meaning Roy Buckley to pick me up because the weather's crap and I'm not walking up that effing hill so I said no problem and he ended up in studio with me in October of 2019 Christy Digdo how is the health Christy? well it's the same I, you know the condition there's no cure for the condition so basically what happens is um, when the, the when the cancer comes back I have to do a chemotherapy the last chemotherapy I done was about six months ago that holds her at bay for about nine months to a year then you still more chemo but every time you do chemotherapy your yeah, cells start to recognise the drug and find ways going around yeah. so you have to find a new chemotherapy so you're kind of battling all the time trying to keep ahead of it when I asked the doctor he says no he says they'll never find a cure for yours because it's not like a tumour where they can home in on one particular area because it's in me bone marrow it's everywhere you yeah, know yeah I got you when was the last time you took a drug Christy? oh Jesus Bill half what time is it now <laughs> <laughs> no um, the last time I took an illegal drug was 10 years ago maybe years ago. but um, I'm taking so much tablets now it's, it, you know yeah. for years I was running around buying them on the street now I get them legally they nearly destroyed you yeah they nearly destroyed the music yeah yeah, well, you do. I mean, if you if you if you get involved with drugs, it does. That's what it does. You know, it destroys you and it destroys everybody around you. You know, it mm. nearly destroyed the band at one stage. You know, so yeah, they kicked you out, didn't? They? Yeah, yeah. That, again, when you're when you're using drugs, that's your priority. You know, so mm. I wasn't turning up for rehearsals and I wasn't writing songs the way we were we used to. You know, I wasn't. Uh, it didn't have any input, and the band just had enough at one stage. You know, I was, I was in a raid up in Dublin and it was all over the newspapers and that was the last straw. That was the last of it. You hit rock bottom with, with the drugs and, yeah. and then the, as Landmark 2 got yeah. back together, fixed all those friendships. At the moment, we've never been more successful than we are at this moment and I can't believe it. When you first came to Cork with yeah. This Is, you yeah. turned up at an open air gig in Leafields and the right. whole place sang it back at you and you went, oh, geez. Yeah, that was the biggest, um, you know, that was the transformation for, for us. It was the biggest gig we'd ever done and we'd come down to do the Lark by the Lee um, and when we played that song, like there was 15,000 people singing it back to us, I couldn't believe it. It was one of the best still a highlight of my whole career there and Cork is always I, I know I say this and I know it sounds a bit I'm trying not to be patronising mm. but it's always held a special place in my heart through thick and thin through yeah. the good times and the bad the missus has stuck by you yeah I don't know how I really don't know how just you know it's just it's it's not it's not so much the stuff that you're doing or it's just that you're not there you know what I mean yeah. just even when you're physically there you're not there yeah but most of the time you're not even physically there because you're out running around looking for drugs or looking for money to buy drugs or whatever it's just been a rock anybody who whose life is affected by addiction there's a reason why it started yeah. and you've been very open in the book about where you think yeah. It stems from. Yeah, well, there's, there's no, there's no way definitively known, you know, why you became an addict. But I do remember, 
you know, grown up and I, I talk about it in the book with just this hole inside me all the time. And it happened, it started from the day I got I got sexually abused when I was six years of age. And that's when it started. I remember getting that feeling, that dark feeling over me and just being secretive because obviously the, the guy who, who, who molested me had told me not to tell anybody. So yeah. you knew you were after doing something wrong. And yeah. like that, that moment, my life changed, you know. I went to a place called the Rutland Centre in Dublin, which was like a, a, a real drug rehabilitation place and when we were going through treatment it was a six week treatment and nearly everybody on the fourth week they'd have this epiphany and you'd be on a group therapy and they'd be talking about we say well my dad used to come home on a Friday night and he wouldn't be any money and he'd batter me man you could nearly see why they were addicts you know and I used to be thinking geez nothing happened to me you know yeah. I had a brilliant childhood so I, I visited my parents one day and um I was in and I was trying to explain to my mum and dad why, why I thought I was not. I said to my mum, I said, look, maybe it was something that happened to me when I was a child. I don't know. And my dad looked at me kind of, and it was kind of, are you saying we didn't love you enough, you know? And, and I was saying, oh, no, I'm making it worse. And I was kind of getting upset then because I was making the situation worse. But when I left the house that day, I looked at the, the, the hall door of the guy who molested me and it just all came back to me then. Could you at one stage have been a homeless statistic as well? Oh, absolutely. I was homeless were statistic you? at were one you? stage, yeah. yeah. I mean, um, you were saying that about my wife. I woke up one morning and uh, I came downstairs and the two, my car was smashed, all the windows were smashed and the whole windows were smashed and somebody had poured acid over the paint of the two cars. So she was screaming at me and, you know, and I said, look at Catherine, I said, don't blame this on me, you know. And she's a hairdresser. And she says, you think I done a perm? And that's the consequences of it. So basically, what had happened was, I denied somebody and he directed it. So she threw me out that, at that stage. So when she threw me out, I ended up couch surfing for about six months. And then I ended up in Ballymun Flats. And I was living on the sixth floor in Ballymun Flats. And at one stage, it got so bad, I, I threw a penny over the, over the balcony and I counted how long it took to hit the ground. And I said, look, if you throw yourself off this, all this would be over, all this pain would be over, you'd be stop haunting people and all. So it got to that point, and I knew that if I didn't do something then, I was, I was gone, you know. We've got dozens of people living in tents around the city here, hundreds yeah. of people homeless, children, the whole thing. A lot of addiction out there, a lot of problems. Do you think the authorities get it? No, see, you know, we live in a society that doesn't care, you know. When you look at Ireland, the size of it, we five five million people or whatever. For an island the size of ours with the resources we have, we should be one of the richest countries in the world. And nobody will do anything about it. And the status quo will remain. And that's why there's homelessness in this country. And that's why there's massive addiction in this country. Because... The people in power don't really care. Fine. Christy, let's come back to music. I'm going to be playing Crazy World before you leave us. Talk to me about that song. That's become your yeah. anthem. When we split up, um, we split for a couple of years. And when we got back together again, I'd come back from New York. And we two weeks to rehearse. There was a one-off gig I was doing with Aslan. So... In the first week, we rehearsed the set we were going to do, and we had a week rehearsal then. We said, come on, we'll try and write something. And Crazy World was the first song we wrote when we were in that period. But the funny thing about that is, when you release an album, you need three singles, as you know, right, to promote the album. So what you, what you ideally will do is release your worst single first, and that'll maybe go top 30. Your second best single second, that'll go top 20, and then your best single third, and that'll go into the top 10. 
there was a song called Rain Man, Where's the Sun and and go and uh, Crazy World. So we thought, well, Crazy World is the crappy single. We'll throw that out first. So when Crazy World became a big hit then, I was saying, well, if you think that's good, wait until you hear Rain Man. And we released Rain Man and it I don't died. think it sold a copy, you know. <laughs> After all the years I've been doing this, I still haven't a clue what makes a good record, you know. Because yeah. you never know what's going to connect with people, you know. Christy, take care. Thank Christy you, Diggins, thank you so much for coming in. He was brilliant. And I will play um, Crazy World later. Um, that was from October of 2019, which was the last time that he was in this studio and I think it was it was the last time that I saw him uh, we were supposed to meet again in early 2020 at a song collector's gig and of course they got kicked to the curb because of COVID and I, I, I never actually physically laid eyes on him since and we chatted on the phone once or twice but but and texted once or twice but uh, yeah uh, he was he was a gem. He was an absolute gem. Was our Christy Dignam? But the 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 other song mentioned in that interview was "This Is," and I have a personal story back in the eighties when we were DJing here on the pirate stations. Doesn't matter which one. I was on three or four of them. But I was going in on a Friday, going in on a Friday to Golden Discs on Patrick Street. Not where it is now. It was across the road, a much smaller one. And there was a girl in there called Michelle. If you're listening, Michelle, you know who you are. Um, and she would keep records for us DJs who were coming in on a Friday for both the nightclubs we were playing in and the radio stations we were working on. And she said to me, she says, I only got three of this. I've no idea who they are, but I think you like it. And she put it on the system in the shop and I listened to this is and I thought, what? And I said, who are they? She said, Aslan, I never heard of him. I don't know who they are. They're from Dublin. I said, right. And I think he's called Christy. I said, right, play it again. Play it again. And I brought it over to the radio station and we did what we call cart it up, which was you put it on a, on a little replay cart and we started to play it. And it became a massive hit on the pirate stations locally. And then Lark by the Lee came. And I was down there that afternoon because I was wanted to see them. And they were like way down the bill. I can't remember who was heading it. They were way down the bill. And 15,000 people on a bright sunny afternoon down by the side of the River Lee. And they started This Is and the crowd sang back. And, and what a moment because there was nobody playing it. It was very hard to get airplay for the song, but we played it. And there was a massive, massive response. And Christy never forgot that moment. Uh, it, was, um, it was lovely to hear it said back afterwards. Christy Dignan played Cork hundreds of times. And not just with the band, but with Dignam and Goff, with Conor Goff back in the early 90s. People remembering Christy and Conor playing in Nancy Spain's in Barrack Street. And they played barefoot. That's right. That's right. Brilliant, says Brian. And my, my, my pal. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care 
a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Colin was a particularly huge fan of, of Dignam and Goff. Somewhere buried in my attic, I have an old tape of Dignam and Goff playing. I think it might have been in Nancy's. But, they were f- but then in, in latter years, he regularly came back to Cork with Joe Jewell, his, his great old friend, um, to headline the Song Collectors Sessions. It was an idea put together, the Song Collectors, by Roy Buckley. And uh, Roy joins me. Christy, you got to know him very well. He was a special fellow. How did you get him to Cork to do these in the first place? Good morning. Good morning, PJ. How's it going? Very well, sir. Um, Oh, well, look, first of all, yesterday was a very sad day for Irish music, PJ. Um, yeah. Christy was one of the all-time greats, and there's no other way of looking at it. He certainly was. Not just because of the quality of his voice or how he held an audience, but, I mean, you you were there with us loads of times where he would never refuse a photo or an autograph. He talked to everybody. He was really a, a larger-than-life character, you know? Mm-hmm. But um, how, how he came first was... I was playing the Christy Hennessy Festival in Tralee uh, through Francie Conway and Christy and Joe were on the bill and I had met him loads of times over the year through mutual friends like Dave Brown from the Black Donnellys and people but we got chatting about the song collector idea through Francie and um, uh, Christy said you know me and Joe would do that acoustic um, uh, gig for you if you wanted to come down you know so I'd love to have you down like uh, loads of times mm-hmm. um, and he did and, and they came and did it and you know PJ you, you were guaranteed to sell out every time um, with, with Christy coming to town he was yeah. just he, he was world class you know like there's no way around it he was just one, one of the one of the greats you know um, his ability with a crowd Roy when you see him up close and some of the venues we would play with the song collectors were really small and thinking of, of tears in Fromoy which was one of the greatest moments I ever saw where he came down off the stage and he sat there was a, a bunch of women sitting having a drink enjoying the night out singing along with Crazy World and he picked up the microphone he came down and he sat with them on a spare chair and I think they've never forgotten it to this day his ability to hold a room in his hand. He was amazing for that PJ. He, he he was a rock star, you know. Loads of times when, you know, there'd be people up front um, with their camera turned backwards to get a selfie with him, and he'd lean down into the photo, and, and he loved it, you know. Uh, the videos, he, he would play it up a little bit. He was a uh, he was a rock star. But on your point, there there were so many times like with with those intimate gigs, there might be there might be two hundred tickets or four hundred tickets. It wasn't uh, massive. Uh, concert halls or anything that Christy would come and do with us but um, I used to love looking around the room and seeing everybody's eyes just fixed on him you know he'd he'd um, great stage presence he was um, able to command the room 
mm. just with his voice and his movements. You know, he was, he was, um, he was, he was certainly. Uh, we'll, we'll go down in history as, as you know, one of the greatest to ever come out of Ireland as a frontman, as a lead singer as well. You know, mm. he was a. He was, he was uh, certainly a, a showman, you know. You you had an opportunity, I think, to get to know him a little bit personally, and you you visited him once or twice in the house. When was the last time you spoke to him? Um, I'd say around November, when the news came out that he was um, he, that, that he was after having treatment and everything. This is before the news broke about um, he was care. going home for palliative care. Yeah. Um, because I I knew that the Aslan gig had been rescheduled for the 18th of March, and I was you know going to try and get to that gig, but I was messaging him, and then we were on the phone for a while, and I that that's what I miss as well. I loved chatting with Christy about songs and songwriters and mm. just the music industry and and the, and the love of music, um. But we had a long phone call, um, you know, and it was lovely. I got a text off him afterwards saying I always enjoy the chats, you know. Yeah. And I think that's the last correspondence I have with him, you know. Yeah. But he was, um, no, like, we, you spend ages, even after a gig, you know, hanging out and, um, you know, chatting, just talking. And he had a lot of insight and, and he was great for advice as well. Yes. Like, uh, like, I mean, where was his time gone with the industry? But, you know, he, he was he was always there if you needed him, you know. He was yeah. a good guy. Yeah, all right. He was just certainly a good guy. And I thank you for introducing me to him and allowing me to get to know him the little bit that I did. Roy Buckley, founder of the Song Collector Sessions, which will be back at some stage very, very soon. Thank you, Roy. 0818-969696. Your particular memories of Christie. I, I'd love to hear them. I really would. Saw many times. Superb band. Christie was a unique talent. We had a lock-in one night in Yall after a gig, a fabulous night in the Walter Raleigh Hotel. And they had great time for their fans and appreciated us all. Simon Murphy's Rock, you were the MC, I remember that. Thanks, Patrick. Tearing your college with the Coronas, they stole the show. His presence and his voice fell in love with the band, says Declan. Saw him in the old oak. He used the barefoot and climbing on pillars and poles, swinging out towards the crowd. And during This Is... He used to almost act it out with those hand gestures. Yeah, the gestures, the microphone, the hands, it was all part of it. Uh, about 25 years ago, I went to Santa Ponza. I was 18. I was on the phone to a friend and told him Asland were playing in a bar here tonight. He told me gold, they were fab. I'd never heard of them. I went and I loved them. I'm now married to that friend, and we've been to see them many times together. We were meant to go and see him last week in Cork. He'll be sadly missed by both my husband and me says Sarah, and your memories are just pouring in. Never forget seeing him in the castle in Glanmire, Christy. Uh, rest in peace, says Alicia. In the penny farthing in Finglas back in the 90s, he played in his bare feet. A legend, says Yvonne. And they are coming in. Your memories, 0818 The last time they played in the marquee, actually as it came up the other night on my Facebook memories, um, I, I spotted, I put up a video of a brilliant moment down at the Marquis in uh, June of 2019 and he was on fire that night and he was in the full of his health and the full of his strength or as close to the full of his health as it came with what he was dealing with and I remember meeting him afterwards and he was just, he was great, he was great and they're packed out marquee and the sing song it wasn't like it wasn't a gig it was a sing song with the crowds i get to that in a little while very special moment from the marquee which i was so delighted i kept 
and we were able to treasure it. Antoinette, now, what we shall call it, um, an, an, an immigrant... Um, internet. <laughs> yeah, I am. They won't give me back your passport. <laughs> <laughs> Long time. I think you probably got your red and white card at this stage. I rather think than your so. Green card. You saw him in Holt when you were 15. Yeah. I, we, well, we kind of lagged our way in because we were only 15. Like, But honest to God, it was actually my brother that was gone and he said, I'm going to see a band. And I said, no, I'm telling you, these better be good now. I said, because I'm not going with a fiver. <laughs> going in to see He's like, I said, they better be good, because I'd never heard it before this, like. Mm. And he said, oh, he said, they're brilliant. And I said, I'm telling you, I said, if they're not, I said, you're paying me to go. As I said, I hate going to a band now. I said, that's crap. And here, I'm like, Jeez. What, what did he sing? Here he was, loads of songs. I was like, no, tell me what they sing. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously, back then, there was no phones to go here, listen. Yeah. He said, you're just going to have to go, and you're just going to have to listen. Yeah. So we got there, and oh, my God, they're people. And I was like... They have to be good if there's so many people outside. The place was packed. Mm-hmm. Like, was you literally were standing. Indoors. Yeah. yeah, well, like I said, Ian's standing there. You couldn't move. Yeah. There was that many people. Like, health and safety was gone out the window. <laughs> they even had the doors open. There people sat still outside. Yeah. I couldn't get in. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But it came up on stage anyway and set the thing. And I was like, oh, my God. Mm. You know? And... Like that, he was in his bare feet, singing away, and do you know what? The atmosphere, it was just absolutely electric. Mm. And I come out, and ever since, I'm just like a major fan of them. Like, my kids now, they listen to them. Yeah. Like, I've, like they've kind of, well, they've not really choice, really. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but like, I brought my Sam to see them in the, the opera house. Yeah. Because Sam always listened to them. And, like, I have pictures there at Sam just literally sitting mesmerised. Yeah. Listening to Christy singing like that. And he was just like, Mom, I've heard their music on CDs and whatever. He said, boy, well, he said, to listen to them live. He, he, I swear to God, he was literally, he couldn't even speak when he came out. He was just like, oh, my God. Wasn't that the thing, though, Antoinette, about him? That, you know, he could do it live. The voice live. Yeah, he sounded was... the same on a disc as he did live. Well, probably better live. Yeah. To be honest, like he always included the crowd. Mm. You know what I mean? It was he was a people person. Yeah. So he had to get the crowd going to get the atmosphere going. You know, and he was just unbelievable. Like one of the first songs, like as I said in the summer, it was "This Is." Yes. And he was there, like obviously with the microphone in his hand, playing with the lead, That's wrapping right. it around his wrist and doing all the, the thing. And I never saw him use a radio mic, actually, even though um, people modernised no, he radio mics and headsets. I think it was because of this is... Yeah. That he, because he used the thing to basically say, like, he's wrapped up. He's wrapped around his head and it, yeah. his neck and around his back and everything. Was yeah, gr- yeah, it was unbelievable. Like, <laughs> no, but like, you know, obviously when we were fundraising the last time, Mm. I got in touch with them and they, they gave us tickets that we could raffle, raffle off. And, mm. you know, it's memories like that that people will remember. I did. I met him in, well, it was the Crow's Nest at the time, but you know, in now. Mm. Um, about 14, 14 years ago. Mm. He was down here, he did a gig in there. Yeah. And we were outside, and obviously, because I'm a dub, I have to go over. Like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I had a great old chat with him and Billy and. Um, 
director. I can't remember that name. Joe. Now. Yeah, yeah was, that was yeah. the old. Yeah. And oh, do you know what? They're absolutely even there. Like it's only a small little pub. That's right. And just everybody put, was just they're put, just unbelievable. They put the same effort into it in the tiny pub as they. It didn't would matter where they were. No. No, the same effort went in everywhere. Yeah. Antoinette, we've lost one of the greats. Thanks a million for your for your memories this morning. The castle in Glenmire. Pat, morning. Morning, PJ. What, oh, a, what a show he could put on. Uh, do you know what, no, PJ? Even I said before I got married, I really heard of him. Yeah. But my my wife was just in awe of him. So we went down one night. He was in Glenmire. And I said, I go down. He was in kind of an open-top truck. To go. <laughs> PJ, the rest is history. I actually shed a tear yesterday. Yeah. When I heard it. I know it was coming down the track. It's still a shock. Oh, it is. It is. And you were, you were on there about um, the Guinness Jazz Fest. I think it was 2019 in, in the Opera House. The Opera House, yeah. They did and the we, Jazz Festival twice, yeah. actually, but the Opera House was one of well, them. We, we were upstairs, PJ. There was no one using our seats. Yeah. And your man, Billy, he was climbing the curtain with the guitar. <laughs> PJ, I never seen... Like... They were so, so good uh, live. They were, they were. Oh, you know, they were unbelievable. Like. Anybody who knows me, Pat, knows that my all-time favourite front man, and no one in my mind, no one will ever come anywhere close to uh, Freddie Mercury, for me, as a front man. Yeah. But the second on my list, if I had to write down a list, would be Christy Dignan. Like, as I said to you that while ago, I know it's, it's a bit off the cuff, Jackson to America and Dignan for Ireland. Oh, what a megastar. Yeah, he was. He, he, he Look, and he, he, he admits straight away it was because of his own lifestyle choices that they didn't become yeah. as big as you two. And, you know, if, that's... If not bigger. If, if not, not bigger. bigger. If not bigger. And he always but talked about it later on. Great, great memories, PJ. And, and, and a gent. And, and PJ, your trigger was brilliant this morning. Thank you very much. Thank and, you for that, Pat. Yeah. I know, PJ. Thank you. Liam. Liam, where do you I, remember? Oh, you were at the Lee I, Fields. I was. Uh, it was actually my first ever proper concert I went to, and they were actually playing when we arrived, and I it blew my mind absolutely. Yeah. So um, can't even remember who was the headline that day. I can't remember who headlined that day, but they're the only ones that I remember. They were they were toured on the bill. Yes. So yeah. like, I t- as far as I know, it was our first time playing outside of Dublin. It was their so first big gig outside Dublin, it was, yeah, it was. It, I, I think it could yeah. have been Chris de Borg or someone was headlining that day. No, it wasn't Chris de Borg. Uh, um, Somebody would have played. He played the year before or the year after or something, or yeah. maybe later that year, but he didn't play that day. Yeah. Um, Cactus World News and Light a Big Fire. There was four oh, concerts, I think, God, that year, yes. and there were some brilliant bands that just faded away. Yeah. But they're they're the ones that I remember. One of the ones that I remember. Yeah, yeah. So, and telling that story of turning around and, and singing "This Is" and the whole place singing it back. Yeah, uh, uh, I, uh, I remember like it was yesterday. I was I was sixteen years of age, and as I say, it blew my mind. Yeah. You two uh, were you two were down there in eighty five. Uh, no, I wasn't actually there. That day. I was. Um, I was uh, somewhere else, but um, we're, we're trying to. We're trying I, to I, 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 I was saying to my wife last night, Bono couldn't hold Christie's course. He, there was no comparison. Yeah. Bono was all show and all special effects and all that. But when Christie walked on the stage, there was no comparison. I've seen him, I'd say, eight or nine times yeah. in total, and I actually saw him in um, in the city hall the night before Michael Jackson played, and it was. Head and shoulders above him. 
Yeah. I know, he was remarkable, he was. Uh, he sure. Did you ever meet him? I shook hands with him. The last time I, I went to see him was in Ballinhasic. Actually, my sister actually won the tickets on, on 96 FM. She gave them to me because she knew I was a fan. And I was right up in the front row and he actually, I actually shook hands with him yeah. while he was playing. So... I was joking with my wife at the time that I was never going to wash my hands again. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. He was just, uh, he he was magic that way. Liam, thank you very much for that. With more coming in. PJ, the best concert we were at was on the beach in Ardmore. The band Facing the Sea. Best ever. Went to see him many times, but that was the best ever. Loved him. Rest in peace, my hero, says Martina Hogan. Bantry Hotel about four years ago. A very intimate gig. Christy gave us drumsticks. Our son was a drummer with the Clonakilty Brass Band at the time. That's from Pat and Jennifer, listening by the pool in Bulgaria. You can do that. Just bring the app with you on holidays. So I'm the Castle Glanmire many, many times. Uh, I met, met You met Christy here outside the radio station, hi. Sandra. Hi. Yes, hi. Yeah, I was passing, and he was coming out. Yeah. And um, I just said hello and got a picture yes, and that. Hi. And it was like, as if he knew me all his life and I knew him. It was, he's the most genuine, lovely guy, I have to say, in the music world. No, I know there's a lot of other lovely, genuine people out there. But it was like just meeting somebody you knew all your life. Yeah, that was the, you know, you're right about that. You, you, you were the only person, there could be a thousand people around, but when you shook hands with him, it was like the only person in the room. Exactly. Because, you know, he was actually rushing over to the opera house at the time. I think he was after coming off the radio. That's, that's the, I think that's the interview I just played back, actually, yeah. And um, that would have been about two years ago, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah, 2019. 2019 yeah, that would have been it, yeah. And, and the lads were saying, come on, we're in a hurry. And he, he, he wasn't in a hurry. Yeah. You know, he, that's, that's he, he just was talking, saying, oh, yeah, you know. I Do you know, he was actually laughing. He was talking about horses. He was looking for. Uh, he was actually looking for a horse for his daughter or his granddaughter at the time, and he was saying to me, "Would you know anybody with something good?" And I was saying, "Yeah." And he took my number and contacted later on, and I, you know, we had something from or whatever. Wow. And that's actually, you know, that's how it started. And uh, like as I say, lovely, genuine guy. He was. He was. You know, as I say, it was somebody I knew forever. That's right. From meeting him for a minute or two, you knew him forever. Sandra, thank you for that. Corks 96 FM.